Hello everyone and welcome back to Beyond the Basket. My name is Brandon Muting. I am your host and this week's episode is called Underdog and we're going to get to that shortly but basically the low tier teams of the Big East were able to knock off some of the top tier teams and today we're going to be talking about the St. John's vs. UConn Huskies game, the return of the Villanova Wildcats taking on the Seton Hall Pirates, the Providence Friars taking on the Creighton Blue Jays, and the DePaul Blue Demons taking on the Marquette Golden Eagles. Once we're done there, we're going to talk about the Big East Player of the Week, the Big East Bench Player of the Week, and the Big East Team of the Week. And then, of course, at the very end of the podcast, we will be going over our AP poll results that just got released over a few minutes ago. So let's start off with the St. John's Red Storm and the Yukon Huskies. And going into this game, the Yukon Huskies were ranked number 23. And they faced the St. John's. They faced St. John's right in their first game, right after being ranked number 23. Well, guess what? They are not going to last very long in the AP poll. St. John's leading scorer was the freshman point guard Posh Alexander with 18 points. And guys, if you haven't watched St. John's play, Posh Alexander is probably one of the most underrated players in the Big East right now. Very underrated freshman on the St. John's basketball team. You need to watch him. But this whole game was a point guard show because R.J. Cole, who's been stepping up because James Booknight's injury, R.J. Cole also had 18 points. So it's nice to see that R.J. Cole can step up and take that position that Booknight once had. Looking at some positives for Mike Anderson's team, they shot 46.7% from three-point range. That is insane. That is how you take down Dan Hurley and the Huskies. You really got to spread them out, and that's exactly what St. John's did. Posh Alexander would drive it out, and if he could not make that shot, they would kick it out to someone else to shoot the three, and it obviously worked. Some positives for the Huskies, though. They had 12 steals. 12 steals in an entire game is awesome. The only problem there is they didn't really capitalize off those turnovers, and that's where the Yukon Huskies fell a little short. St. John's had 18 turnovers, obviously 12 of them being from steals, so the other six could have been silly turnovers or just turnovers they could have prevented. And Yukon, I mean, what can you say? They were spread out during the floor. They did not guard the perimeter well. It was not a good week for the Huskies. They lost to the St. John's Red Storm and the Creighton Blue Jays, but St. John's beat them 74-70, to and there's one of the underdogs of the week, St. John's knocking off the ranked UConn Huskies. Now, moving on to the third-ranked Villanova Wildcats. They finally return after having COVID problems on the team. Now looking a lot better for the Wildcats, they take on the Seton Hall Pirates. Now, this game was interesting. Seton Hall is a very good team, and you're coming back after a two- to three-week hiatus, and you have to face Kevin Willard's squad. Colin Galipsy, though, did not miss a step, had 22 points, and Sandro Mamu Kalashvili had 23 points for the Pirates. Now, some positives for the Villanova Wildcats. I'm not going to lie. It was hard to pick apart this game because Seton Hall was pretty much even with this Villanova Wildcat team. So for my positives, I put Colin Galipsy dot, dot, dot. Colin Galipsy did not miss a step after missing three weeks. If you were a player and you missed three weeks of, like, practicing, I mean, yes, you could practice on your own, but, like, you would think you wouldn't score as many points as Colin Galipsy did against a Seton Hall team. And remember, he had to guard Shavar Reynolds, and Shavar Reynolds was guarding him. And Shavar Reynolds is actually a pretty good defender. Another good positive for the Villanova Wildcats, they forced 13 turnovers. And you know what? Coming off a two-week vacation, that's a pretty good 
uh, turnover ratio for the Wildcats. Now, a good positive for the Seton Hall Pirates. They shut down Jermaine Earl Robinson. He only had eight points. Sandru Mamu Kelashvili did a good job, and a couple of their big guys just shut him down. However, once one of your stars is shut down, another one shines, and in that case, it was Colin Galipsy. Now, some weaknesses for the Villanova Wildcats. They got beaten shot-making, rebounding, and assists. And usually, when you are losing in those areas, you lose the game. However, for the Seton Hall Pirates, this is where it really cost them. Free throws shot 66.7%. Now you're like, Brandon, that's not too bad. No, it's not. And shooting 8 for 12 isn't terrible. But guess what? If they would have made two of them, it would have gone into overtime. But if they would have made three or four of them, they would have won the game and knocked off the third-ranked Villanova Wildcats. But the Wildcats took this game 76-74. to What a returning game for Villanova. And later in the week, Villanova also knocked off the Providence Friars. And speaking of the Providence Friars, Ed Cooley came to the CHI Health Center in Omaha, Nebraska to take on the 11th ranked Creighton Blue Jays. And guess what? Providence was able to take this game. They fed the big man Nate Watson. Nate Watson was their leading scorer who had 29 points. And Damian Jefferson, the underdog of the Blue Jays, had 26 points for Greg McDermott's team. Providence was able to limit their perimeter shots. Mitch Ballock only had three points, and Mitch Ballock is a guy who can shoot from the logo and make it. Providence was able to prevent shots like that. But speaking of limiting, Creighton also was able to limit David Duke. David Duke did have 12 points, and no, that isn't bad, but David Duke usually scores in the 20s and sometimes even the 30s. So for Marcus Zagorowski to limit David Duke was awesome. However... Providence also fell short. They had 14 turnovers, and usually Creighton capitalizes off that. Creighton usually capitalizes that every single time. They had trouble with that in the Butler game in overtime. They struggled with the Providence, you know, capital, capitalizing off their turnovers. It was not a good showing for Creighton. They only shot 17.4% from three-point range, only four three-pointers out of 23 attempts. Providence was able to knock off the ranked Blue Jays 74-70. to There's another underdog with Ed Cooley and the Providence Friars. Now, the last game we're going to talk about is the Marquette Golden Eagles and Steven Wojanowski taking on DePaul and Dave Lateo. Marquette's leading scorer was the transfer from Ohio State, DJ Carton, with 23 points. And DePaul's leading scorer was the freshman, Charlie Moore, with 21 points. And I love watching Charlie Moore play. He looks like he's still in high school. He doesn't have, you know, like the college, you would say the college body frame to him, but he plays really, really well. And if you haven't seen the DePaul Blue Demons play, I know their record doesn't show they're a good team, but they are a fun team to watch. For Marquette, ball movement was one of the positive things for them. They had 12 assists, and that's really good because DePaul has always struggled about help defense. And when you're able to move the ball around the perimeter on the inside against DePaul, you're going to be able to score. And DePaul forced 14 turnovers, and I think this is what lost the game for Marquette. And another thing that lost the game for Marquette was foul troubles. They had 19 fouls, and DePaul was able to take over. And even a downside for DePaul, though, was 26.3% from three-point range, only made five three-pointers. And you would think that Marquette would be able to capitalize off that. But DePaul looked good this game. Their help defense was much improved from what we've seen in other Big East games. DePaul defeated the Marquette Golden Eagles 68-61, to bringing them another underdog team. Three underdogs 
St. John's, Providence, and DePaul, those three teams really stepped it up. They went from low tier to knocking off big tier teams. I guess I don't know if I'd consider Marquette big tier team uh, or a high tier team, maybe a mid tier team, but still impressive bout for the DePaul Blue Demons. Now looking at the Big East player of the week, I'm going to give it to Nate Watson, the big man out of Providence who had 29 points against Creighton. He was able to get Ryan Kalkbrenner and Christian Bishop in foul trouble, and he was able to play big against a smaller Creighton Blue Jay team. So congratulations to Nate Watson on getting Big East Player of the Week on this podcast. Now, Big East Bench Player of the Week, I'm going to give to Jermaine Samuels, who really stepped it up for Villanova against the Seton Hall team. The starters weren't really able to capitalize after their COVID protocol quarantine but Jermaine Samuels really stepped it up for the bench, kind of followed in Colin Gallipsy's footsteps in that game. In the Big East team of the week, I'm going to give to Villanova. They knocked off the Seton Hall Pirates and the Providence Friars after quarantining and not practicing for a couple weeks. So congratulations to the Villanova Wildcats. Looking at AP poll results, Villanova was able to stay at number three with only the Gonzaga Bulldogs and the Baylor Bears ahead of them. And I'm kind of curious to see if they stick there. Villanova looked a little sloppy, of course, in their Seton Hall game. But like I said, that COVID protocol. I'm just curious if Villanova will stay there or if maybe Baylor or Gonzaga will fall. If I were to put a team to fall first, I would say Gonzaga. Gonzaga's conference is just too easy in the West Coast. Yes, they have teams like BYU. And I know Pacific isn't doing that bad this year in St. Mary's, but... Gonzaga should be moved to a different conference, maybe the Mountain West or something. The Creighton Blue Jays fell from 11 to 17 after their loss to Providence, but even beating the Yukon Huskies. And speaking of Yukon, they were ranked and they are no longer ranked, meaning only two Big East basketball teams are still in the top 25. So that's going to bring me to the end of the podcast. However, next week we are starting bracketology meaning I'm going to go over the field of 68 teams I started last week. And guys, I am so excited. The only thing different this year is that the regions are different. You know, the top um, seeded teams don't get to pick a region. They just go into that top region and they go from there. It's like a snake. They're calling it the S tournament or the S tournament because it's like a snake way of doing March Madness, which I think it'll be interesting, and I think if there's a year to try it, it'd be this year, because you know what? There's not going to be fans, and it's all taking place in Indianapolis. But anyways, I hope you guys catch up on some Big East hoops this week, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your day.